Hey mama, welcome back to Mama's Mission. You're listening to Deb and today we're going to discuss play. And before you think, oh my goodness, no, that is not for me at all, I hear you. I totally hear you. In fact, prior to this interview, I was a bit of a fence sitter surrounding play. I know how important it is, but I just thought, "Mm -mm -mm, not for me, it's going to be too hard, require too much uh, effort. So yeah, let's cross that off. That's not happening with my discipleship journey. But let me tell you, my guest today, Joy Wendling, she actually changed my mind. She converted me. So I'm actually going to be including more play in my discipleship journey with my kids. And I really hope that you get heaps out of this interview because I would bet a little bit of money, okay, maybe a bit more than a little bit, that she can convert you too. We share all about play. She shares why she's passionate about it and why it's beneficial for our kids, when and how we can teach play, how we can include Jesus in our play, which is really important, what ages we can teach play, like when we should start to where we should finish. P.S. I don't know if there's any finish. And actually, she goes into something a little left field, and we talk about play for ourselves as mamas, because if you're like me and you're thinking, (laughs) play is not something in my forte, it's just not a strong point of mine, she even likens sitting on the couch with a warm cup of tea as being your form of play. And when she told me that, I think that converted me because I was like, yep, preach it. That is all about me. So if you are super keen to have your uh, stance on play converted, keep listening. Hey, Mama, welcome to Mama's Mission. Do you wish pointing your kids to Jesus could be simple? Are you overwhelmed with no schedule and good habits? So what you want to achieve, like discipling, doesn't happen. Do you have the best intentions to read that devotion with the kids? But after a bit, you lose your groove and feel that pointing your kids to Jesus is too hard. Hey, I'm Deb. I too was overwhelmed with the concept of discipling my littles. I was inconsistent in showing my kids Jesus, jumping from one idea to the next, and I wish for some structure to my day to make that happen. I wanted some routines and ideas on how to point my kids to Jesus, but I kept telling myself this is too hard and it's going to take way too much time until I found routines and habits. In this podcast, you'll discover what discipling your kids is and looks like, how to schedule time in to point your kids to Jesus, and what tools you could use to help you do so, so that you can be the mama living out her greatest mission, to show her kids Jesus. So grab a coffee, or maybe two, kick back and get ready to launch into your mission. Hey mama, before we get into the interview, which I know you're going to love, I want to share something that is new and exciting that is coming your way with Mama's Mission. I have decided to embark on the coaching journey and here I am wanting to offer you some coaching to help find pockets of time in your day to build an authentic faith in your kids. It's exciting and I'm a little bit nervous, but I am here for it. Mama, if you are thinking, yeah, this could be for me. I want you to dip your feet in the water and click on the link in the description or just go to bit 
dot lee forward slash Deb's discovery call. If you click on that link, it's it'll take you to the link where we can have like a five to ten minute chat to determine whether we'd be a good fit for each other. I can't wait to help you find some time in your day to actually intentionally point your kids to Jesus because it can be done. It doesn't matter how busy you are and I hope that you will take me up on the offer. I can't wait to chat with you guys. Thank you so much, Joy, for joining me here at Mama's Mission. It is such a privilege to talk to you and to pick your brain about play in particular. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Are you able to tell the listeners a bit about yourself? Yes. Yeah, so my name is Joy and I am a wife and mom to five girls, all 10 and under. Wow. So um, yes, we have a busy and playful household. I'm also a family pastor with 20 years of experience, but most of my ministry happens at home. That is amazing. Okay. First of all, five girls. I've got the one and she's given me a run for my money. Whew. <laughs> so yes, far. It's a lot of prayer. <laughs> a lot of prayer. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Well, before we pressed record, I was talking to you about how we're on the same page, on the same wave, same wavelength about discipleship and encouraging parents out there to get intentional, but play is not my forte. So I'm really hopeful that you can um, convert me, convert our listeners to play and the benefits of it. So can you tell us why you're so passionate about encouraging parents to disciple, well, first of all, to disciple their kids, and then we can go into the play aspect. So I love to help parents to see their role in their kids' faith, because when I grew up as a child, I grew up in the Southern part of the United States, which we call the Bible Belt. Oh, yeah. And so culturally, there is a lot of Christianity, but it only happened at church for me. I only learned about Jesus at church. And so I never saw it lived out in the day to day. So I knew who Jesus was. I knew that I was going to heaven when I died. I knew I was a sinner, all of those things, but it wasn't until I went to college and met some other people that I realized that Jesus wanted to be like a friend and that he wanted to walk with me daily. And that faith isn't just something that we have to wait until we die to experience and to have benefit from, but we can benefit from it every day. And so I missed out on having that for 18 years. And so I don't want other children to miss out on that opportunity. That's really, really cool. I mean, I'm well aware of what the Bible Belt is because my sister lives in the Bible Belt um, <laughs> and she can totally identify with where you're at. And But I think it's a, the same over here in New Zealand. You know, a lot of parents do think, okay, we've ticked that box. Our kids have gone to church and we've done our deed, pat on the back, you know, leading them to Christ, but really somebody else is doing it. And it doesn't really need to be... Um, backed up or followed up at all at home and yeah so I totally I can totally relate to a lot of what you're saying <laughs> yeah are you able so with play obviously 
this is something that you're passionate about. Can you tell us why it's actually important to you? So the first reason that play is so important is because for me, it symbolizes and helps us to express and experience the abundant life that Jesus offers. And also through even throughout the Old Testament, it talks about in God's presence is this joy, this complete joy in God's presence. And play is a way that we can experience that joy, that abundant life here and now. The second reason I love play is because that is how God designed kids to learn. They learn best through playing, through experimenting, through getting hands on with things, through being creative. And I think a lot of adults learn best that way too, but we've kind of been taught out of that style of learning. And so my idea of play is not just board games and Barbies, but is really much more of a creative, hands-on exploration, experimenting with our faith, with the Bible, with the stories of God, and um, with all of these concepts that we want our children to know and understand. And so if they learn best through play, cognitively and for school materials, why would we not bring that to faith as well? You're so right. I mean, I was just thinking as you were saying that we've been trained out of it. And I think, unfortunately, it starts at the school level. I don't know what the States is like. They're now implementing play in school in the early years, realizing it's super important And then eventually it phases out. But I think you're right that we have been trained, which is something that is pretty sad because the joy of the Lord is super important. And you're right. You know, he wants us to enjoy these things and not for it to be some um, something tedious and, you know, painful. (laughs) Right. Yes. I've had a mom come to me and say, how do I make learning about God and my faith, not a chore for my kids. Yeah. And and that just spoke, that question was like, yes, that's exactly what I want to help you do through using play. Oh, well that, let's just go off that right there. (laughs) Forget the rest of my questions. Cause that sounds so good because I'm kind of like, it's not a chore because it's something I'm passionate about, but I know there are a lot of listeners probably thinking I can totally resonate with that mum. How do I make this something fun through play? Because there are a lot of mums out there and dads who can't even play themselves. And they're probably in my boat as well, because I can play, I see the benefits of play, but then sometimes I, you know, I'm a bit on the fence. I'm a, I'm a fence sitter. So I would love you to speak to what you were just saying, but also what would you say to the mama who hears the word play and she's thinking, yep, nope, not for me. So how, (laughs) I guess that's a two-parter. How do we encourage mamas to play? And then, yeah, how do we, and how do we do this and point our kids to Jesus? 
So I think the first part of that is encouraging moms to play, allowing ourselves to play as moms. We have to start by redefining, redefining play. So again, like I said, to me, play is not just board games and, and, and Barbies. It is from personally, some days making a really good cup of tea and sitting quietly is play. It is an opportunity for me to experience the goodness of God. And when I invite him into that moment with me, then I consider it a very holy, playful moment because I'm just enjoying and delighting in the Lord. So it doesn't have to be something um, overly like that you would find on Pinterest, right? It could just be... It can be something simple that brings you joy and allows you to delight in the Lord is the way I see play for moms. Anyhow, yeah. so if a mom doesn't think she is playful, then she hasn't found her style of play or doesn't realize that what she is doing to enjoy God is play. Play can also be telling our kids stories or having dance parties or, you know, even experimenting in the kitchen can be play when we are intentional about recognizing it that way. That's cool. What a good take on it. So I think that's that's the part for us is that we can see ourselves. I've had so many moms tell me, When you told me about the different ways that we play, I realized I am a playful mom. I tell my kids stories all the time. And so many moms that I talk to feel like the dad is the playful parent. And then they discover, oh, play can be so many different things. Like I can be playful. I am playful. And then that helps them to see more play in their lives and in their parenting and feel more confident about that. And then it just kind of expands from there. That's really cool, actually. I think I remember as you were talking about that, I remember hearing you on somebody's podcast and you were a guest and you really encouraged the interviewer to find her form of play and for your kids to come alongside you and to get involved in your play, which is easier said than done. But that kind of, um, can we, can you expand on that a little bit? Yes. So I think that as a family, it's important that we take turns almost in uh, living out and choosing to do things that we enjoy and then things that our kids enjoy. So Perhaps um, there is there's a play advocate. His name's Dr. Stuart Brown, and he has these eight play personalities. And so, if your play personality is someone who loves to move their body, um, likes to go on walks and go on runs, then inviting your kids sometimes to join you on that it it might take a little bit of the enjoyment out for yourself because it's not a quiet walk or run anymore but inviting them to do those things that you enjoy because so often we as moms just do the things that our kids enjoy and then we're not feeling the benefits of it as play 
Yeah, I would totally agree with you, actually. And then it becomes more of a, do I have to? This is a bit of a chore. So leading into pointing our kids to Jesus, you've totally shared what play is and you and why it's beneficial. How would we use that form, like any form of play, whether it be our play, our kids' play, in pointing our kids to Jesus? So I think... The first way, so I say we can add faith to play or we can add play to faith. So depending on where you're starting, if I see my kids are in the playroom and they're building a tower and they come and say, mom, come see this tower that I've built. Oh, wow. Look at that tower you've built. You look so proud of that. Did you know in the Bible it tells us that God is our strong tower. And it's as simple as taking something that they've already done, they're already doing, and adding a layer of faith to it. They're playing with babies. Oh, do you know there's a story of baby Moses and his mom wanted to protect him. So she put him in a basket in a river. That doesn't sound like a way we would protect our babies, but that's what she needed to do. And we can start this conversation just because my girls were playing with baby dolls. And so it's just thinking about what are those things that you know to be true about God or stories you know from the Bible that you can elaborate what they're already doing in a conversation. Then we can also add play to faith. So if we're having a Bible story time, then we can add intentional movement into the story because that's a great way for kids to play. And if you've ever tried to read a story to kids, you know that they don't sit still well. So if we are intentional with the movements, then we can use that to our benefit. So when I'm telling my kids the story of Jesus walking on the water, we'll all start on the couch or on the bed, wherever we are, and then we'll get out of the boat and we'll pretend to be Peter and say, do you think when Peter stepped out of the boat, do you think he tiptoed? And we might practice tiptoeing very cautiously off the side of the couch. Or do you think he just jumped right in and will jump off the couch? Or will, you know, the same thing. How do you think he walked across? Did he slide across and maybe we'll slide across the room? Or did he take very cautious steps? And we'll just play it out with our bodies as we read the story and share the story together. That's really cool. I love it how you've made it simple. Because I don't know about others, but sometimes when I hear the word play, because I'm a teacher by profession, I know the benefits of play. But sometimes you think play and you think, dang, that's going to be a lot of extra work. <laughs> and you've just totally eliminated that because even just that simple movement, even putting a blanket on the floor, and that could be the water, and we're walking over the water, it didn't require a whole lot of forethought. It didn't like, I think we get, we're our own worst enemy sometimes. And we see these Pinterest worthy play sessions and it's like, yeah, nope, not happening. I do not have time for that. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. You've... I wouldn't do it if it, <laughs> if it had to be difficult, 
I'm not cutting out anything in advance. I'm not, you know, the most I'll do is make sure we have some ingredients to bake bread while we're talking about Jesus is the bread of life. You know, it's not, not complicated. That is so cool. So in a typical day, like obviously every day is different. And with five girls, you know, of course, every day is going to be different. But in a typical day, how often I mean I guess this is your passion so you you have this probably woven throughout your whole parenting style but how often would you say that you are using play in your day to point your kids to Jesus oh gosh I've never had anyone ask me that (laughs) I there are at least three intentional times four intentional times each day yeah, And then also just whenever time arises or situations happen where I'm like, oh, this, this would be a great time to talk about X, Y, Z. Then I bring that up. Um, but in the morning on our way to school, we always talk about um, the fruit of the spirit and we'll pray for our friends. And we do this just in playful conversation. Um, we sing it, we chant it, we pray, um, using funny voices. Um, well, like at the end of our prayer, I'll say, and all God's pirates said, Armin, and, you know, (laughs) and we go through and all God's robots said, amen. And, you know, it's just, it's a, just a playful style of talking to God and including him on our drive. Then I also, bless my children each morning as I drop them off at school with a little, um, it's chapstick, like a little lip balm. That's a fruity scent. And I put a cross on their head and on their hands and ask God to bless them and help them to be fruity, which is what I call just having the fruit of the spirit, allowing the the Holy spirit to work in them that day. So those are the first two ways. And then after school, there's always do something different. And then we typically do a Bible story around bedtime that we include movements and, and all sorts of craziness, <laughs> but oh, simple I love, craziness. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I'm totally stealing the chapstick idea. I love that. I love it. We've been going over the fruits of the spirit as well. And I get my daughter to kind of think of one that she wants to focus on for the day. And then I'll focus on the same one that she's picked. And then we kind of, at the end of the day, kind of reflect on how well we did. And sometimes it's kind of, yeah, totally bombed out on that. Or sometimes it's, yeah, I actually modeled this really well and this is how I did it. And that is something that is working really well for us. But I really love the chapstick and the fruitiness of it as well. Okay, yep, I know what I'm purchasing today. (laughs) and that answered my question as well because I was going to say are your girls homeschooled or in public or you know school and that actually you know makes sense there you're not homeschooling them so that's no my husband is a my husband is a public school teacher and so he felt very strongly about our kids being in public school and um, we have been very blessed with our local school um, just being a wonderful experience so far. So my, my youngest is still home. She's not in preschool. Uh, my next youngest will be starting at 
transitional kindergarten in just a week. And then I've got two, my twins are in first grade here. And then I've got a fifth grader as well. Wow. That's really cool. So do you think with the one that you have at home with you, or when your girls were at home with you, were you doing that whole, finding yourself doing that more throughout the day, the the play? Yes, absolutely. I mean, when you're spending more time with them, you do more. We do a lot of um, painting, like watercolor painting together and just weaving conversation into that, trying to find ways to be creative bringing God into even secular storybooks that we read. We read a lot of, you know, picture books. We do art with crayons and um, we don't do a lot of crafts. I love to let them determine how to use their materials, but we are just, you know, mostly it's, it's just playfulness in our conversation that adds, you know, adds up throughout the day. That's really cool. So that leads, well, I have another question. When would you recommend starting the play and to what age? So I would say start as soon as they're born. (laughs) Um, You know the benefits of play. When children are first born, the simplest way to play with them and the most important way is called serve and return. And Mm -hmm. that is us responding to the baby's faces and movements and their actions, us responding to them and then watching them respond back to us and going back and forth with that. Even that sets the stage of a secure relationship and then models to your child that you can be trusted that you love them, that you're responding to their needs, their, their face, that you love them, which builds a foundation for then you to be able to share with them about God's love for them as well. So even at a young age, um, and talking to them, praying over them, there's, um, a Psalm, I can't remember which one, but David says from my birth, you are my God. And so even from birth, and there are places throughout scripture that says that infants will praise his name. Yeah. So they are so capable. God is capable of speaking to them and understanding their needs. And so to be able to bring joy to that and a playfulness and fun and um, smiles and giggles to that capability that they already have to be in relationship with their maker and the, the capability God has to interact with them is just, I think, sets the stage for a lifetime of experiencing joy in their faith. That's really cool. So I can totally see the benefits of from birth. And I think we just naturally do that as adults. Anyway, we want to play with babies, But what age, I mean, I don't know if there's a set age necessarily that you would play up to, but where where would you think would be an an all right age to keep going? As long as kids are interested 
And then when they're not interested in what you've been doing, then you try something else. It's um, maybe going out and kicking a soccer ball back and forth. Or um, if they are into video games, playing video games with them and having conversation, you can still add a playfulness. It's, it may not be kind of object lesson yeah. type play, but as long as they're willing to enjoy spending time with me, I'm going to keep going. And I think, you know, teens, especially we think they don't want to play, but I was in youth ministry for 20, for 15 years and they love to play. You just have to adjust it to what they think is cool and what they think is fun and give them a chance to be the guide and listen to them and um, trust them to kind of lead the way for a little while. Yeah, I guess it's about coming alongside them, isn't it? And doing what floats their boat, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) And I mean, I suppose it's like that. As you mentioned earlier in the interview, it was talking about play and using our forms of play, what really, you know, sparks joy for us, but also looking at their play and, you know, it's a balanced thing. But maybe when they're, would you say it's correct when I'm saying a little bit older, you're more catering to what they're interested in? I think, I think you have to be more aware of that because as they have more independence and are learning to kind of separate from their family, it's it, for some families, it is harder to keep the teen involved in the family. But if you, I still don't think that um, you're a mom, you've got a teenage girl, I'm going to go get a pedicure. Would you like to come with me? Hey, I think that's still a beautiful thing. Or I'm going to go to the bookstore. I'm going to go shop at Target. Do you want to come along? I think the invitation is still really powerful. Even if they say no, they still are hearing the message. My mom likes to spend time with me and wants me to be with her, which I think is a really powerful message that we can communicate through play. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast recently and they were talking about how to raise a godly girl. We want to be loving our kids. Obviously, it's kind of something that we have to do, but we need to show our girls in particular that we like them as well. Like I want to spend time with you. I actually like your company. And I think that just, you know, highlights what you were saying, highlights that, that, you know, come alongside me. Okay. If you don't want to come, that's cool. But at least I'm showing you that I I like your company. I actually would like you to come with me. <laughs> yes. And that is one of the things that play does really well is that it shows delight in the other person and in our children. And it play really helps relationships to grow more so than almost any other thing that we can do together with our children or, um, you know, friends. And so that's part of also why I love to consider some of the things I do with God as play is because 
play bonds us with those that we are playing with. And so if I can bond with God and enjoy that and do that in such a unique way, that's special to him and I, then that is just one more way to grow in my relationship with him. And so I think it's the same with our kids, um, especially our teenagers, that it has this, it creates this environment where relationships thrive. That's really awesome. I think you've converted me. <laughs> I I already know that play is so important, but I love it how you've just simplified it because I just thought play was too difficult and not something already pointing them to Jesus. A lot of parents are kind of like, oh yeah, no, that's out of, out of my pay grade or, you know, <laughs> not that we paid, but you know, I it's not my forte. But play, as you've described it, sounds a lot more simple. And I think for me now, going away from this, I'm thinking, okay, I kind of need to identify what my form of or forms of play are. Ha, do you have any advice for the person who's kind of where I'm at, thinking, okay, I like I like wh- where this is going. How do I identify what really ticks my box? So I I have a podcast also, and I have a podcast episode all about those those eight play personalities translated into a Christian form. Oh, um, that's the best. I'll have to send you the link to or the number because I can't remember which episode number it is, and maybe yeah. 18. But um Listening, finding out of those eight play styles, play personalities, which one is yours and just experimenting. And often the way we like to play doesn't change over the years, but it does um, how it's expressed changes. And so if as a child, I liked dress up, then I probably still like telling stories somehow. And then it's just expressed a little bit differently. So I think, I think those eight play personalities is a really great place to start. Um, Or just what are those things that when you have one, you know, if you have 30 minutes or an hour, what are the things you want to do? that you feel like I really connected with God in that. And what are those things that you want to do? And just keep track of that over a few days a week and think about, oh, could that be the way I play? That's really cool. I mean, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that I need that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And that links really well to like to wrap up the interview. Are you able to tell our listeners a little bit more where where they can find some information about you. Yes. So my podcast is a great place to find me and it's called Playfully Faithful Parenting. And then my website also is createdtoplay.com. Those are the best two places. I'm on Instagram, but sort of hit and miss. And the same with Facebook. I'm on there, but not always consistently. Yeah, I I feel you on that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I will totally be linking those in the description because, and 
for those listening, I do listen to Joy's podcast and I get lots out of it. It's really, really cool, really inspiring. Thank you. Thanks so much. So thank you so much, Joy, for joining me and letting me pick your brain and for converting me because, yeah, I think play's got to come into this discipleship journey for me in a bigger way than what it was. And I think I didn't even realize it, but, you know, some things I'm already doing, I probably wouldn't classify as play, but you've kind of said that it is. So I kind of, I feel a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it is um, a lot. It's a big perspective shift for some people to not think of play just as a certain thing that kids do, but a way that we can just be and experience God and experience life together. Yeah, you're so right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And I always love making a new play convert. <laughs>